Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 12th episode of the King's Rock Podcast. I am your host, Bolt Up, here as always with Deathgiver. How's it going, everybody? So today we will be discussing in more in depth than last time about the results of the Portland Regional. We will do our Pokemon trivia. This time it is about Charmeleon and Butterfree. And then we'll go over some of the new cards that were revealed in the upcoming sets. So let's start with Portland. Um, I've had a little bit more time to look over the results and see some of the more uh, interesting things about the, the results. My personal favorite is the insane amount of Mew that was seen in the top 16. We had one, two, three, four, five, six Mews in the top 16. I told what do you, you think, that last week. What do you think was the reason for that? Uh, well, I mean, Mew is a very consistent deck, so I would think that it, and it has a good matchup against Charizard. Well, kind of a good matchup against Charizard, so not really sure. Not really sure. <laughs> it's, like I said, it's always, it's been a good deck. Um, it's, I'm sad that it's going to be leaving next rotation, but it's been a good deck, so I'm not surprised by its placement in the top. You say it has a good matchup against Charizard? It can. Especially Charizard with the, that grabber card. Hits it. Yeah, grabber helps. But Charizard right. one hits it for three prizes. Yeah, even but... Even 180 damage. Yeah, but if you grab out Charizard and Pidgeot in opening turn, you're not really having to deal with Charizard either. <laughs> yeah, the grabber, deal, the grabber helps. You're dealing with Charmander, so... I've I've gone up against a couple of matches where they've grabbed out my Charizard and my Pidgeot, and then I'm scrambling to try to get something going. Um, I can lose. I mean, I have a I pretty much win about eighty percent of the time against the deck, but it's still if it goes, it's going good. I think um, the the rise of Lost Tina has helped because Mew is just significantly more consistent than Lost Tina, and unless well. I don't know, I mean, Mew can get set up faster than Tina and more consistent than Tina. And I think it just has a good matchup into Tina. I'm not really positive on that. It has a good matchup into Maridon. I can see that. But, I mean, this... this Outside of Mew, there's just a lot of decks we're seeing here. Not a ton of Charizard high up. A lot of lost Tina. We did see a rise in Baxcalibur. A lot of people are playing Baxcalibur, expecting a lot of Charizard and Gardevoir. So this is the the return that we have seen of Baxcalibur, highest place in 24th place, which is the non-Iron Hands version, so the the previous Grand Shen version. There was only one in the top 25, and you act like, like Chi and Pao came back and was like destroying stuff. But well, I'm not I mean, saying it's one. great, but it has dug itself out of trash tier into possibly relevant tier now. I wouldn't even say relevant because even after the 24th placement, it drops all the no. way down to 72. Yeah, but I there's three in the top 100, three in the top not, 82. That's not that's, great. That's more than that has had at all this rotation. I mean, like Roy Moon has more than that in the top 100. And Roy Moon's not trash tier. I mean, it's not much better than Chi and Pao. I think it's better now, but I, let's just put it this: I'm happy to see Chi and Pao show up in day two. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, it showed up in day two, the last tournament. You act like it's like it completely died and 
now we're digging up the corpse and throwing it back out there in zombie mode. Like it's That's exactly there. what we're doing. They got still been relevant. Don't take away my happiness about Chin Pal. I'm just thinking you are way more happier than you should be. <laughs> the other thing I'm seeing is the return of Arceus. Um, we've seen Arceus show up every once in a while. We saw Arceus Gyarados in Sacramento. Uh, we saw Arceus Ice Rider Calyrex at one of the regionals, and we've seen Arceus and Regigigas V-Star. Uh, so here we have Regigigas V-Star piloted by Makani Tran getting 6th place. Now, I've played this deck a little bit now, and I think I finally understood it. The Regigigas V is really, really good. Doing the 100 plus 10 more for each damage counter on Regigigas has been very relevant for me. 240 HP. If you can force a Charizard to hit that, that's really good. Because then it's doing 280 damage. If you can force a Charizard to hit it after they've taken one prize, then that's knocking out a Charizard. No, it's not. No, I'm just flat out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the way that I've been playing it wrong is I have not been using the Regigigas V. I've just been rushing it to V-Star, and that was part of my problem. You can use it as the V. You can hit. You can heal it with the Sharon's Care. You can play it back. Then you can evolve it. Then you can start hitting for a 230, which is a relevant number. It knocks out a lot of the 220s. So that's really important. The 300 HP... Just it's an absolute tank. Um, I've never used the Star Guardian ability, the V Star ability. I've always been using the Star Birth from Argus, so I think that's irrelevant. It just it hits like a truck at two thirty, and then the three hundred damage or three hundred HP is relevant. Um, the the uh, during your next turn, the Pokemon can't attack has become a lot of times irrelevant for me because I'm Sharon's carrying it or I'm switching it out just to try to keep it alive, and then eventually it'll come back in. So that's kind of, I, I, I think I just viewed it wrong previously, and it is just a truck, is what it is. It's, you know, it's Arceus with that, it's Arceus with Gyarados, just something meaty that hits hard, is I think what that deck is. It's fun to play, but I need to get better with it. Um, Bodie Robinson's fourth place Gardevoir list is the Gardevoir list that I have adopted now. That's what I took to the challenge over the weekend. Went to one and one with it. Felt pretty good. Um, it is a typical Gardevoir list. A little bit different is it plays one Professor's Research, which is a consistency card early game if you can get it, or it is a massive discard card later where you can use it to discard energy or just dig for that final whatever you need to get that final game. So it's it's a solid deck. It, it's, it has the Jirachi, which I have not played in Gardevoir before this, and I realize what I have been missing. That Jirachi makes so many matchups so much better. Knowing that the opponent can't do anything with their Sableye, I can't get Yoga Looped on the bench. It's just insane 
being able to get that Jirachi and Manaphy on the bench, I can just kind of sit back and relax when my Lost Zone opponent just doesn't know what to do. That is true. That is true. I was afraid of bench space with Guardi, but eventually things die. Then you have open bench space. Then you can play the Manaphy and Jirachi with no problem. <laughs> so I, I absolutely like the Jirachi in there, and I don't see a world where I don't play it for a while. Um, we see some Arceus Superior decks show up here, which is the anti-Charizard Arceus. Superior V-Star can one-hit KO Charizard for three energy. Does 190 and hits Charizard for weakness. And then you can move the energy off of any... Yeah, you can, you can rearrange your energy however you want after you've used Superior V-Star's attack, which is pretty insane. That is insane. So that's a card that showed up as kind of an anti-Charizard card here. Um, anything you have noticed about this that you want to talk about? Uh, no, because I talked about it last week with the whole Mew Genesect, how it dominated mm -hmm. the top, and that it was interesting. Also, with um, Lost Tina being the other deck that dominated, because right underneath the Mew and Genesect, you got the Lost Tina, so... It's just funny that those two decks were the more consistent powerhouse decks because, as you said, in the top, you only had two Charizards in the top. You only had one Guardian in the top. Well, two if you go all the way down to top 18. And, yeah, I mean, it was, it's very interesting how Mew is doing. Like I said, it's just sad that it's going to be leaving the rotation soon. So I'm okay with that. So long, Mew. Nah decks like that are good it's good to keep it's good to have something where it's um very um i can't think of the word right now where there's a lot that you can you can switch between decks and they're all going to be good that is not like the meta is not like three decks and that's it right now you, you like can pretty you much have an 80 percent win rate against it no i mean i win against almost everything so it's not a big problem that it's leaving the format i mean your cardboard deck i win quite a bit against so not against me you don't uh i kick your butt all the time with gardevoir the only one i lose to with you is Chiampao. Yeah, and lost tina no. and lost no. tina was i would like to play you again with lost tina with my two intakes instead of one. Oh, i'm sure we'll play against each other especially yeah, your on the weekends deck. your gardevoir yeah. deck doesn't uh scare me at all yeah it should not even a little Yeah, no, it's just interesting. But I wonder what deck will take its place, though. Yeah, we got a lot, and we'll talk about some of the cards we got coming up, but some of the cards could open up uh, possibly new archetypes that are decks that we're not even seeing right now um, that I'm excited to see. I, I, I really, really enjoy rotation time, just seeing what new decks are going to pop up and what's going to change with the meta. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, we'll oh, are we going to get to talking about those cards now? Uh, yeah, I'm just... Oh, one, one other deck I want to talk about. The uh, 83rd place, Ray Chen. He was playing Iron Valiant, Greedent VMAX. So, Iron Valiant with Greedent VMAX, which Greedent VMAX, his first attack for two colorless does 30 damage. 
And if your opponent's basic Pokemon is knocked out by damage from this attack, take two more prizes. So this, I would assume, is a Lost Box Killer. You can do some damage with that Iron Valiant, but instead of Yoga Looping, you hit it with, for 30 with the Turn of Profit attack and take three prizes from your opponent's Compi. And then Greeton has 330, 320 HP, so it makes it really hard for your opponent to return KO. Seems pretty good. That does seem pretty good, especially with Iron Valiant. Um, I did play I like against that. this deck at the challenge over the weekend, and I won with Guardy, but it was very, very close, and I'm pretty sure I only won because he had a really bad, bad start, and he was just kind of breaking over and over again. But That's it does definitely seem, better than going with Entei, I think. It's and then it, it does have some other hard hitters like Palkia. Uh Crabominable is really, really good with Iron Valiant. Because for three damage, it does 90 damage plus 60 more for each damage counter on your opponent's active Pokemon. So the more damage you put on your opponent, it does six times more damage back in return. That is nice. <laughs> so there, I think there's there's something here. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a tier one deck anytime soon, but but there's something there. Definitely uh, something this, to build on. Definitely something that um, I don't know. This deck has me interested. It's definitely it is, better than, but, uh, and it's a good because the um, Yoga Loop version of it's going away, isn't it? Isn't that Pokemon well? So going is this. Away? Green's going away too. Ah, uh, well, never mind. Green, Suicune, Crabominable are all going away. Okay. So this deck has a few months left to try, but I imagine we'll see it pop up every once in a while. Yeah. Especially if Lost Tina is popular, because this being able to take some prizes early against Tina could be something. All right, let's move on to Pokemon trivia, and then we'll finish up talking about some of the new cards revealed. Would you like to ask your questions first, or would you like me to? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. All right, so it's Butterfree. So what okay. is the first generation that Butterfree learns a bug move? Because you know Butterfree's bug flying. So what is the first generation that it actually learns a bug move? Okay, let's see. Gen bug. 1, all the bug moves stunk. Let me clarify. A bug damaging move. Okay. Okay. Obviously, um, string shot is a bug move. Yeah. So... I need to think of what the bug damaging moves even are. Gosh, I don't even know. Um, I know a lot of major changes happened in Gen 3. At least I feel like they did. I could be wrong. So I'm going to go ahead and say Gen 3. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Gen 4 is when they changed the special... Uh, the special and physical thing. So a lot of stuff happened then, too. Was it Gen 4 that did the special physical yes. split, or was it Gen 5? Gen f 4. What's Gen 4? What game Gen was four, that? Gen 4 Diamond and Pearl. Yes, Gen 4 is where the split happened. Okay. Uh, no, I, I could be wrong. I thought it was Gen 5, but it could be It Gen might 4. be. Okay, I'm going Gen 3 for my answer. Gen 3. You are correct. Gen yes. 3 was the first damaging bug move. What was it? I don't know. I didn't look that up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
But yeah, okay. that was his first. I would assume signal beam, maybe. That sounds like sounds like number one. It sounds like a bug move, and it sounds like a move the butterfree could learn. It's either signal beam or it's um. What was the other bug move that was very good in the early? Well, not it wasn't good, but it was in the early game. Can't think of it. I can't think of it. Too bad Twin Needle wasn't good in Gen One, considering it was the only damaging bug move in the generation. All right. Was that really the only damaging bug move in Generation One? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, bugs stunk. Okay, my better question in the Where? anime. What Pokemon was Butterfree traded for? Radicate. What? There it is. Yep. Made the trade on the Saint Anne. And then you traded it back. <laughs> or SSN. And then yeah, okay. was... traded it back as the ship was sinking and then led to the island of the giant Pokemon, which was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, it was. Uh... I wonder, is that where they got the Dynamax idea from? <laughs> That or the giant uh, Dragonite from the Lighthouse episode. Oh, yeah, the Lighthouse episode, true. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, that was an easy one. I remember that one. Um, Ash was so heartbroken that uh, he traded it and wanted it back instantly. Yep. And had to make that trade before the boat sank. Right, All right. So, or Charmeleon. Charmeleon shares. The same type as Infernape, Flareon, Moltres. What is that type? Or what type of Pokemon is it known as? And it shares it with those three Pokemon. Uh, say them again. Infernape, Flareon, and Moltres. I'm going to say the Flame Pokemon. Yep, you are correct. Yeah. Yeah, look at me go. Okay. For your Charmeleon question. In the anime, Charmeleon burned up a bunch of Executor, or sorry, Charmander burned up a bunch of Executor to evolve into Charmeleon. Uh Who caught the Executor? Who physically caught the Executor that the Charmander attacked? I have no clue. Do you remember that episode at all? No. Not at all. Nothing. I just remember, remember. I just remember Charmander evolving into Charmeleon, and then in the next episode, Charmeleon refused to listen to Ash. <laughs> but that's so, the only thing I remember. So in this episode, they find a magician that is really, really bad, and he has his execute is his partner, and Ash, Brock, and Misty decide to try to help him, and. He ends up hypnotizing Ash with the the execute hypnotize Ash, and he uses Ash to catch all the executor to try to help like hypnotize everybody to then love his show and everything. But it causes the executor to stampede, and then he can't stop him. And then Ash tries Bulbasaur, which obviously doesn't work very well. Tries Squirtle, which doesn't work very well. Then he gets Charmander out, and Charmander flamethrowers them all. Oh, I got him. But so he hypnotizes Ash and Ash catches all the executor for him. And then at the end of the episode, he evolves into Charmeleon and then burns Ash's face. That's funny. Which is the first sign of him not listening. Yeah, Which is weird because Charmander was so sweet and loving. And then he evolved into Charmeleon. He was a giant jerk. 
<laughs> and then when he evolved into Charizard, he was even more of a jerk. He was an even bigger jerk. So, I looked it up for Butterfree's lone bug move learned in Gen 3. It's Silver Wind. That's a bug move? Yep. Learned at level 47. It's a 60 power, 100 accuracy, physical bug move. Perfect for a butterfly, I guess. Which is terrible for a Butterfree. Because <laughs> <laughs> his physical is just terrible. Physical stats are terrible. All right. So let's go over some of the new cards that were revealed. We got coming up in the new set. So we had a release of 50 cards that were shown on Poke Beach. But before that, and after our last episode, a new ace spec was revealed. It is a Pokemon tool that gives plus 100 HP. So no restriction on it being a basic or a stage one or non-rule box or anything like that. It is just a flat plus 100 HP. What are your thoughts? Wait, repeat what you said. Sorry, I was reading something. <laughs> um, a new A spec that gives plus 100 HP. Oh, with no yeah. Restriction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to lie. I thought about it. I really like it. Just imagine that on a Charizard that you now have to take out at 430 HP. Um, also, with all these Iron Valiants running around, throw that on a Charmander, they're not going to be able to switch that Charmander to death. Or at least if they do, they're going to have to get a lot of switch cards for that. It's very good for... A very useful card. I can see it being used in a lot of decks. Would you take it over some of the other ace cards out there? Ace specs cards out there? Maybe not. So, but would you use it? Is it usable and would it be a good card to have? I would say how remember how I said that I am kind of afraid to see what ace specs they print if they expect Prime Catcher to not be played in every deck. Yes. This this might be there, along with some of the other ones we're going to talk about. Um, I am pleasantly surprised and impressed at some of these ace specs. They don't seem overly like stupid powerful, but they are. They might be just niche enough to be able to like see play over Prime Catcher. Yes, um, and this I mean, is definitely one of them. A four hundred and thirty HP Charizard seems pretty scary. I mean, 100 HP on almost any Pokemon seems pretty scary. I mean, like, just thinking about it, my Entei goes up to a 330, so that means it's now Charizard level. Your baby, well, no, baby Guardian won't be there. But, like, your big Gardevoir goes up to, what, a 410? 410. Bax Caliber goes up to a 260. Um, What else? There? I mean, there's a lot that, I mean, 100 yeah, HP is a lot. Going for it's, uh, Chin Pao going from 220 to 320 seems yeah. important. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when you look at it, 100 HP is a lot and it helps a lot because there's not a lot that's going to take out and add it 100 HP in one shot. I mean, even Charizard does 330 damage, but you add 100 HP to something, it might not be able to take it out on that turn if it's got 280 HP and it goes up to 380. I mean, like Rory Moon, another prime example that would be great for that. That's so, true because yeah, Roaring Moon is what two thirty, and it does two hundred to itself. With yeah. that, it's up to three thirty, so it'll still have a hundred and thirty. 
<laughs> I can do but best. 130 you health. Would, you would be able to heal that off pretty easily and might be able to get like another attack in off of that. So, well, especially if you um, uh, um, switch card it out. Yeah. If if switch card sticks around, I haven't even looked. I think I would assume switch card sticks around. Um, the the two Pokemon that came to mind with this for me were the new Blastoise CX. It has 330 HP, but its ability, Pokemon takes 30 less damage from attacks. So it's oh, yeah, a 430 true. HP, and it takes 30 less. The only problem with the Blastoise is, is Lightning Weakness. Which means that any, any Maradon Pokemon can, can knock it down. Yeah, how prevalent will Maradon be after the new... new um... Reset. It loses Flaffy, which is rough, but the first version of Maridon didn't even play Flaffy. So I think it'll find a way to recover. I think Maridon's going to be fine. Ah, okay. I think it'll be different, but it'll be fine. Because I was thinking about a deck that I could, because I was looking at Blastoise EX, and I was looking at it, and I was like, I wonder what deck would that be good in? I think I could play it in a Chiampao deck, but I feel like that card you have to just build around on its own. Chin Pao Palkia, possibly. Um, Bax Caliber. I mean, it, it could fit in that kind of shell. It's just now you have two different stage twos you need to get to instead of just one. Yeah. But I mean, it's. I can see. I can see it possibly being good. Now, the other Pokemon that I thought of with this with this um, A spec is Caparaja EX. If 300 HP, and it has the same ability as Blastoise, this Pokemon takes 30 less damage from attacks. Now, what I like about Kaparaja is, number one, it's only a stage one. It's not a stage two. And it's attack. For three, for two, metal and colorless. It does 260 damage, but the attack does 30 damage to each of your benched Pokemon. Mm, I don't know about that one. But... <laughs> It's a, it's a big, meaty tank. If you put the cape on it, you're at 400 health, and it takes 30 less damage. Its weakness is fire, which is almost irrelevant right now. I know you play the Entei, but it is almost irrelevant right now. No, I agree. I agree. Um, and, I mean, for three, doing 260 damage is pretty good. The downside of hitting your own Pokemon is rough, but still, 260 damage is a lot. And what makes this even better is the new Matang, Mitang coming out that we'll talk about here shortly. But being able to accelerate metal energy, meaning you could get this attack off on turn two fairly consistently, I would assume. True. So, I mean, that was my first thought. Well, you know, mine was Charizard, and then it started... Snowballing from there on, like, all yeah, the I mean, so do. many Pokemon can benefit from the 100 HP. The question I, just becomes, is that better than Prime Catcher? I feel like it will be the other card played as it'll be the other card as popular outside of Prime Catcher. Because, like I said, For me, it, it, I, I agree with you. However, the two A specs we're going to talk about at the end of this list, I think are right there rivaling this as other niche cards that could absolutely see play. Yeah, but they're going to be for specific decks where the 100 HP, you're, the reason yeah, why I right. say that it will be 
the next popular card is because it's not for a specific deck. That 100 HP cape can be in any deck, whereas the next that you're going to talk about are for specific decks. Now, that being said, I, I think the cape is going to be for specific decks as well, because I think every single deck is going to start out with one Prime Catcher. And then you're nah. going to build the deck, and then you're going to say, okay, now do we look at taking out the Prime Catcher? But I think the first yeah. card that everybody puts in every deck they build is going to be the Prime Catcher. I'm already and then they're going to change in. it later. I'm already throwing Cape in. I just see <laughs> the beauty of that so much. I mean, it's definitely worth checking out the Cape for a 430 HP Charizard. Well, that not even just actually. Charizard. Just think of like Snorlax Stall and throwing that on Snorlax. Or, um, well, yeah, I mean, if you, you throw that on or, Snorlax, they hit it, you penny it back to your hand, bring another Snorlax up, attach it to another Snorlax. I mean, you can do that yeah. like you can at the Bravery Charm. And, um, they already play the, uh, Luxurious Cape for that reason. But the Luxurious Cape, when you knock it out, you get to take an extra prize card for it. So this does not have that caveat. So you're not worried yeah, about true. losing that extra prize because of that. So that in my true. opinion, it's better than the Luxurious Cape. However, Prime Catcher, I think, is just way too good in Snorlax. Well, Being able said, to boss something up as an item and yeah, make your switch is no, yeah, really, right really good that. for Snorlax. Yeah, no, you're right on that one. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would definitely do Prime Catcher over in Snorlax over that. Do you want to talk about the other two A specs first before we go through the list? Uh, sure. I'm okay. not impressed by them as much, but yeah, we'll talk about them. Okay, so first one we have is Drum of Awakening. It is an item. It is an ancient item. A spec. Draw a card for each of your ancient Pokemon in play. So what this tells me is they want you to have an ancient deck. Yes. Um, which I think is a great idea. I, I, I like the you know Rapid Strike deck that we've seen, uh, Single Strike Lugia, Fusion Strike Mew. You know, they did that with that whole series. And so I'm, I'm excited to see what cards they release that will make this playable. Well, I agree. But like I said, it's a good card, but it's for a specific deck. So I don't see you're it right. being as popular as like Prime Catcher or even HPK. But no, I mean, if you're running an ancient... An ancient deck, I would definitely probably run this over Prime Catcher. I mean, this is potentially drawing you four, five, or six cards. Yes. Could be really, really good. The one I am more impressed with, however, is the next one, the Reboot Bot, which is a future item. And for each of your future Pokemon in play, choose one basic energy from your discard pile and attach it to that Pokemon. This one I am far more impressed with. I think this one is going to be really, really good. Being able to accelerate energy for the likes of Iron Hands. Um, I'm assuming energy switch sticks around, right? Uh, Let me double check to make sure it sticks around before I start talking here. Yeah, energy switch is just reprinted in Scarlet Valley Base. So that sticks around. So... Where, where's my card? I lost my deck. There it is, or my, my list here. Okay. So if you have four future Pokemon out there, you are bringing four energies from your discard pile. And then energy switches can move those around and accelerate really, really fast. Yeah, true. 
So are it future is. Future decks good right now, though. No, because I know there's future cards that are good, but is the deck itself any good? No, not at all. But I mean, we're getting you know a future Iron Treads, a future Maridon, a future Iron Valiant. Um, I mean, they're they're building to this point. Now we'll see if that is enough. I don't know, but I'm excited about these cards. I'm excited about the potential of what they could bring. Like I said, very niche, very niche. I don't, I'm not really sure how that's going to go, especially if the decks are not any good. I, I wouldn't say I'm, ex- I'm not excited. Could- now, the Drum of Awakening, I am excited for that one because you do have, right now, I think Roaring Moon is an ancient Pokemon. Yes, yes it so, is. So that would be good for a Roaring Moon deck, but like the future deck or the future card, unless they do a, something kind of spectacular for that deck, I just don't see it. Because right now, Iron Valiant would be the consider quote-unquote future deck but you don't really see that being used with a bunch of energy so unless you threw i'm not sure i'm not sure i just i don't know i would i want to see more future cards come out before i can say yeah that card would be great the the ancient entei i can't remember what it's called um that one i think is the start of a good ancient deck as well because you have professor Seda's vitality to pull energy from your discard pile energy switch to get at the lightning and fighting it needs and now you can draw cards with the drum of awakening so i mean there's a start to an ancient deck there as well yeah all right anything else you have to say about the ace specs you want to go through the ones that we had pulled out here about the uh the earlier ones let's move on to the pokemon okay so the first one that i was excited about is the do you know how to pronounce this? The Mitang, Matang? The Matang. 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 So it is a it is a stage one, evolves from Beldum, and the ability is Metal Maker. Once during your turn, you may look at the top four cards of your deck, choose any number of basic metal energy you find there, and attach them to Pokemon any way you like. Absolutely insane. We've seen this recently with uh, Magnezone. It was a stage two, and it looked at the top five cards of your deck, and it did the same thing. So this is stage one. It does look at one less, but this is absolutely insane. So what There's, metal Pokemon or deck that's out there that would be beneficial for this card, though? Well, okay, There's so a lot number of metal one, decks out there. Number one, I talked about Kaparaja. But number two... Allow me to introduce you to Dialga V-Star. Dialga V-Star was a card that people were hyping up uh, at one point with, with the Magnezone. But it just didn't quite do enough. With Matang being a stage one and then rotation happening, it might, act, might be the time for Dialga to come back. But Dialga V-Star, for, it's a 280 HP. It's first attack for a single colorless energy. It does 40 plus damage. This attack does 40 more damage for each metal energy attached to this Pokemon. So you load it up with metal from the Matang and it does insane damage. The V-Star power for 5, 4 metal and a colorless. Star Kronos does 220 damage and then you get to take another turn. I really want to make this card good. And... This could be there. 
I don't know. I mean, any time you can take another turn, it's something you have to pay attention to. I agree. I agree. And then the basically unlimited damage from the first attack. And you don't discard the energy either. No. Interesting. Because it's not like Chi and Pao or Goldingo. No. No, you just hit. The you problem, hit. the only problem I really see is the 220 is not great. You're doing 220, you're taking another turn, and then you're knocking out the Charizard or something like that. I mean, so you're taking two two hits to do it. It's not great. But, but it's a great finishing move, though. Because if your opponent only has two prize cards left and they got one Pokemon out there, you slap that bad boy down, do 220, and um, take your turn and knock it out. I mean, you win the game, so... I mean, it has good ending potential, finishing well, potential. You got Prime Catcher in here now, so you can you can maneuver things around however you want to make this make that finish happen. Yes. And even the the stage one, the Dialga V, the basic, isn't terrible. Two two twenty HP. Its first attack for one colorless attacks two metal energy for your discard pile to this Pokemon. So if your old Dialga V star dies, bring this one up, attach one, and you're there. And yep. then the second attack for four it does 180 damage. So it can hold its own. It's not good, but it can hold its own. And then when you get that Dialga V star, it's just really good. I can see it. I don't know though. I mean, I can see it, and it will definitely have some niche. It'll definitely catch some people off guard. <laughs> and and, and keep in mind, this is post arcade. We don't know what the meta is going to be like. True. I mean, we pretty much know that like. Charizard will still be there. Tianpa will probably be there. Some form some, of Maridon. Some form of Maridon. Some form, some of, form Gardy, of Lost Tina. Some form of Lost Tina. Some, some form, form of Lost of, Box in general. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what the meta is going to pretty much be still. Some form of, um, I think Roy Moon is probably going to kind of grow in popularity as well. I agree. But new decks um, could push old decks out of the format as well. I mean, there's going to have to be another new deck because a lot of old decks are dropping off, period, anyway. Correct. Well, one old deck that's at the top will drop off. So there's going to have to be another deck that takes its place, hopefully. I will say not a ton happened at last major rotation. Guardi became a thing, but the rest of the meta was pretty much the same. Oh, yeah, Guardi became a thing and Chan Pao fell off. <laughs> Luke, well, no, no, no. I'm talking about uh, last big rotation a year ago. Oh, you're talking about the big rotation. Okay. Yes. Um, Guardi existed and Lugia dropped off because it lost all of its special energy. Yeah. And then people found a new way to play Lugia and it bounced right back up. So the only th major thing that happened last rotation was we got Guardi. So we'll see okay. if something like that happens at this big rotation. Yeah, I'm curious what new cards are going to be coming out that's going to do that. I always tell people I'm going to let the smarter people figure out what decks are good, and I'll just play whatever decks they figure out. Um, going through the list, we have a Wug Trio EX that's absolutely terrible. The only reason I'm mentioning it is because it is a Terra Lightning Pokemon, and it's not worth discussing. Yeah, um, it's not. The Gengar EX, I was super excited when I saw it. Until I saw the card, and it's just not good either. So it's not worth discussing either. 
it could um, be useful. No, it it's not. Could be useful. I mean, the a damage ability, bonus is terrible. The ability has been used before. Like it's shown up here and there. Okay, let's just let's go ahead and talk about it. Gengar EX. It is uh, stage two, three hundred ten HP. The ability is Corroding Curse. Whenever your opponent attaches an energy from their hand to one of their Pokemon, put two damage counters on that Pokemon. Which is terrible. Then it has then it has the attack for two dark trick step, hundred and sixty damage. You may move one energy from your opponent's active Pokemon to one of their base Pokemon. Which could be good. It doesn't do enough damage for me. For being a, well, that's what a I'm stage saying, two in EX, it's just not good. That 160 is terrible, but I mean, the ability could be good. Now, what makes this unique the, from the, the previous times we've seen this ability is this ability stacks. So if you have three Gengar EX, now you're doing six damage counters every time they attach an energy. That's different than what we've seen before with this. With yeah, this but the only problem is, would you want three of them like, no, sitting out there? No, you wouldn't even want one of them. No, you wouldn't even want one. Uh, I mean, that's not like it. Yeah. That um, would have to be for a specific burn. I, It's a burn deck type deal. Yeah, but it's not, at least now, it's not good. But and does I don't Pokemon see it even have a good burn deck like that, though? No. And just by the nature of the game, it's really hard to do something like that. I was thinking about it because, like, it says from your hand, but a lot of Pokemon or a lot of decks don't pull from the hand. They can pull from the deck or the discard well, yeah. pile. If you look at all the top decks right now, none of them rely on playing energies from hand. No. None of them. Uh, you have Charizard that pulls from the, the, the deck. deck whenever you evolve it. You have Guardi no. that pulls from the discard pile. You have yep. Roaring Moon that revolves on Professor Seda's vitality. Um, you have Maridon that relies on the uh, electric generators and the Flappies. Yep. Uh, you have Lugia that pulls it out of the deck. I mean, every single top... Oh, Chiampao. You have Chiampao that uses Baxcalibur. Now, that does play from hand, but it is a built-in energy acceleration. So every deck has insane energy acceleration. And only one of them plays from hand. Yeah. So I don't see that. I mean, that's not a good ability. Like you said, I oh, mean, it's pretty bad. You have Mirage Gate. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> only one of those decks plays from hand. So, yeah, it's not a good ability. I mean, it's yeah. a cool looking card. I'm not going to lie. I, I, yeah, do I was so excited when I saw it and then but very disappointed. For EX Pokemon, stage two EX Pokemon. Yeah. Pretty terrible. <laughs> it's pretty Agreed. terrible. 100%. I agree with you. Oh, the other thing that drives me crazy about this, do you see its weakness? Uh, should be plant, isn't it? Is it fighting? Well, is it? it is. Oh, it's fighting. <laughs> wow. G Gengar is immune to fighting. <laughs> not anymore. Well, because fighting is also earth and it's not immune to earth anymore. Correct. But it's just funny that they made Gengar weakness to fighting, even though Gengar is immune to fighting. Yeah, it's dumb. Bad card. Uh, next card, Alligator. It is a stage 2, 180 HP. The ability is Torrent Heart. Once during your turn, you may put 5 damage counters on this Pokemon. If you do, this Pokemon's attacks do 120 more damage to your opponent's active Pokemon this turn. Then for 2 water, it has Great Wave, 160 damage. 
during your next turn, this Pokemon can't use Great Wave. I mean, it's definitely so, a one-shot type deal with that Pokemon. Yeah, it does 280 damage if you put the five damage counters on it. That's pretty good for a single prize card. It's a stage two, though. It is a stage two. Which I'm means not that's a great. lot of resources to go into a right. stage two to do 280 damage. But it's doing 280, and when they knock it out, they're only getting one prize card. That's what's yeah. kind of unique about it. It does a lot it's, of damage for just being a, a uh, non-Rollbox Pokemon. See, I wish it was uh, a basic Pokemon. I don't like that it's a stage two. Yes. I think the ability is great. I mean, to do 280 as a single prizer is great, but and then you got to get some resources. You either got to run full evolution line or you got to use a rare candy on it and... I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm wanting to use my rare candy on something different. You know what? I don't know if it's gonna ever be relevant, but real quick, let's go to the next one we're gonna talk about the Relicanth. It is a fighting 100 HP basic Pokemon with the ability Deep in Memories. Each of your evolved Pokemon can use any attacks from its previous evolutions. Now let's go back up to the Fraligator. <clears throat> Read the attack from the Krakenau. The Thrust, 30 damage, switch this Pokemon with one of your bench Pokemon. Yeah. So if you put the damage counters on it, it's now doing 150 damage, and it can go back to the bench. That's not bad. That's interesting. But still, or, that's, a, that's a stage. Because well, you're talking about doing a stage two, so you're doing resources and now you're adding another card. I'm, to I'm talking no rare candy with this, correct. But it's doing that for a single water energy, which is interesting. Or you can also copy the Totodile's attack. 10 damage, so now with 120, you're doing 130. And during your opponent's next turn, the defending Pokemon can't retreat. So there's, there's some interesting stuff there. I don't know. It's worth, I, I, I'm not saying it's great, but it's worth discussing. It's... I'm cooking. Yeah. I'm cooking. I mean, I can see somebody making it work. I just... Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't like it. I mean, I'm to be honest with you, I don't like it because I'm trying to think of what deck you would throw that in because it's not going to be a card that you're going to build around. So it'll be what deck are you going to throw it in? And I don't see a water deck that I'd be like, yeah, I got to throw that in. Mm -hmm. I gotta throw in two Totodiles, two Croconaw, and one for Alligator. You have to or throw in a whole package for it. I agree, yeah. You're right. And then you gotta have Relicant, so you're talking about seven cards in your deck, and I mean, you're not gonna do that in a and Pow deck. You're not gonna do that in, I mean, maybe an EX Blastoise deck, like if you did an EX Blastoise deck by itself, do that. I'm not really sure. I, I don't know. Dude, let me cook, bro. Let me cook. <laughs> it's 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 okay. Now the real card that I want to talk about is Incineroar EX. This is the best Pokemon in this set. I am so saying far. it right now. This card, so this Pokemon, will be the best performing Pokemon in the set. So far. No, no. But that yeah. this is my prediction is that this will be the best Pokemon to come out of this set. But this card is insanely good. <laughs> Go ahead and take it. Read it. Okay, so. We got the ability Adversity Act, which attacks 
Used by this Pokemon costs one colorless energy for each of your opponent's bench Pokemon. Costs and one colorless less. One co colorless less, that's right. My bad, my bad, my bad. And then the next one is Blazing Bomb, which is 240 damage. Your opponent's active Pokemon is now burned. So it's essentially doing 260 because you get yes. the 20 burn guaranteed. And if your opponent has a full bench, which most decks want a full bench, you only it only costs one fire energy to do this attack, which is insane. This is absolutely insane. Like well, I was not waiting... even a full bench, because all they have to do is throw four Pokemon on the bench and it automatically knocks it down to where um so this doesn't even have to be a full bench. Four or five Pokemon and it's one fire energy. It's just I mean, crazy. Even if they have three, you're just having two energies on this. True. That is true. When I was reading this, I was waiting for there to be a a um a catch to that attack, like it can't use this attack next turn or something like That's that. That's what but I no, was looking for. It's good. It's burning your opponent's active Pokemon. That's exactly what I was looking for. Is the you can't use this attack next turn. Yeah. The fact that you still can. The only issue only issue with this card is that it's a stage two. That's the who, only cares? Issue. who cares? The we're we're going to kind of a stage two or we're in kind of a stage two format. We got Charizards, we got Guardies, we got Bax Calibers. I mean people are playing the rare candies anyway. That is so true. we're there. But we're this there. card is so good that you could actually build a deck around this card. Like you don't even yes. have to throw it in a fire deck. You can build a deck around this card. Correct. This is going to it's going to be a deck. This Entei, maybe the new Entei, I don't know, or the, the ancient Entei, but I mean, I can see Entei with this, whatever fire Pokemon we got, throw them in here. Because we got something here at this Incineroar. Yeah. And my prediction is this will be the best card in this, the best Pokemon in this format. I'm not going to say the best card because Prime Capture exists, but I'm going to say the best Pokemon to come out of this set is going to be Incineroar. I wonder, because I just... To show it so early, I wonder if there's going to be something better, but the card is really good. It is really good. And then if you're, you know, behind it prize cards and you attach the, uh, whatever the, the tool is that gives it plus 30 damage if you're behind in prize cards, oh, you're doing 290 man. now. You're doing 290 damage now. Yeah. 270 plus the 20 burn. Yeah, it's Defiant really Band is uh really talking good. about Defiant Band, but yeah. No, I, I'm I'm excited. Like I'm gonna figure out a way of I'm gonna figure out a deck to make with it and I'm gonna figure out a way to make it work with Charizard. All right, be able to let's have Charizard go. accelerate, that would be good. Let's, right, go, let's go to, to the your next favorite. One. Your new favorite Pokemon. <laughs> my my new favorite non-Umbreon Darkrai Pokemon is Frigraph. Why is he... Is he a Terra? No, why is he a Dark-type? Yeah, it looks why? like he's a Terra. But it doesn't say it on here that it's Terra. Yeah, but it is, though. Oh, yeah, it has that line. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're good. That makes more sense. Okay. So, Frigraph is a dark Pokemon with 260 HP. Stage 1 evolves from Girafferig. The ability is Armor Tail. Prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by, by attacks from your opponent's basic Pokemon EX. I feel like that could possibly be relevant. Now, what that does not prevent is 
Roaring Moon's frenzy gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's uh, effect. It is not damage. So it does not prevent that. Um, it prevents damage from right on. Or well, is that the only relevant basic EX right now? Uh, Chin Pao. Wait, Chin Pao. I was going to say yeah. Chin Pao. Yeah. So there's some out there. So this could possibly be relevant. And then the attack for a psychic and two colorless is Sneaky Beam. 160 damage. This attack does 30 damage to one of your opponent's bench Pokemon. So it's not great. Um, it's I think it's worth mentioning because the ability is interesting. And then being able to do damage to your bench, your opponent's now, bench is, is possibly relevant. I can relevant. see this card being good against Lost Zone decks. Yeah, I mean, solid HP. 160 knocks out most of what they have. And then the 30, 30 damage, damage on the bench is very That's relevant. Half the damage to a comfy, so... Yeah, I can see that going good against a loss zone. And plus, I just want to talk about it because I love Fergaraf. Yeah, I figured that. <laughs> uh, next one is actually going to be good, I think. Roaring Moon. Dark Pokemon, 140 HP. It is an ancient Pokemon. For two dark energies, you have Vengeful Feathers. It does 70 plus damage. This attack does 10 more damage for each ancient Pokemon in your discard pile. No, I'm sorry, ancient, ancient card. Ancient card, yeah. yeah any say, ancient card in your discard pile. Don't nerf so, it. This is pretty good. Especially in an ancient deck. I mean, it would go good already in a, in another, in a Roaring Moon deck, so... This so would yeah, be like if you a, have a dedicated ancient deck, this card would be really good. Well, I mean, that's what they're building toward is an ancient deck, especially with mm -hmm. that A-Specs Drum of Awakening. Like, you add that and then this uh, Roy Moon with already in a Roy Moon deck, and yeah, I can I can see this yeah. card getting played a lot. It'll be great uh, to add to an ancient deck. The single prizer that can do a lot of damage, and it does have another attack. Darkness and three colorless Speedwing, hundred and twenty damage. I don't yeah, think that's, that's gonna be relevant. That's but, never gonna be used. But Vengeful Feathers, I mean, I I think there's some relevancy with that. No, I agree. Um, along with the Roaring Moon, we have another ancient Pokemon that is just begging to be played in an ancient deck. Crydon. It is a dragon type, 140 HP. It is an ancient Pokemon as well. For a fighting and a colorless, Primeval Battering. It does 30 times damage. This attack does 30 damage for each of your ancient Pokemon in play. So 180 damage for two energy if you're full six ancient Pokemon. And then the second attack could also be relevant. A fire, a fighting, and a colorless. The attack is shred, 130 damage, and the attack is not affected by effects on your opponent's active opponent. I don't see the second one being used, but I do see uh, a lot of play on the first one. Shred is always good to have because of things that like prevent damage or something like that. Shred, shred stops that. It goes right through it. Um, it's like using shred on... Giratina, V. Sometimes that's used instead of evolving to the V star. It hits through Mimikyu. This obviously isn't blocked by Mimikyu, but um, there are certain things that may come up that you need to shred through. So it's just nice to have. But yeah, the other attack is definitely the big one. I'm surprised. I do like that card, but I'm surprised that you didn't want to talk about Crate Tusk that goes perfectly in a deck with this card. Um, 
Because it's not a good card. <laughs> it's <laughs> the the attack mills, and milling is not has never been a good oh, strategy. It does no damage. And it's an attack. I thought it was an ability. Never mind. Yeah, Don't no. want to talk about it now. <laughs> good. Let's just move on from that one. Uh, what's the next one? Hand Clippers and Eerie, which I don't think Hand Clippers and Eerie is the combination. I think the bigger combination is if somebody runs Order Box, which let me read what Order Box does. If this card is in your, if you use this card, your turn ends. Search your deck that makes for two item cards. Search your deck for two item cards, reveal them, and put them into your hand, then shuffle your deck. You may play as many item cards. Oh, we already know that part about the item cards. Okay, so a funny thing about it, and let me re read Eerie. Supporter, look at your opponent's hand, choose two item cards from there and discard them. It would be hilarious if your opponent plays Order Box, which instantly ends their turn, they gain two item cards, and then on your very next turn, you play Eerie. They and absolutely discard, did that And discard those two <laughs> item cards from their hand. That would be hilarious. They I did would that laugh purpose. at that. When that happens, because that is hilarious. I would never play Order Box, and but no. if somebody played it against me, and I happen to run Area, which is, I mean, it could be. I mean, this is not a bad card, so it could be run. That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. But yeah. why? Order Box is the bad why card. would you make it to where it ends your turn? Like it's just so dumb. Because it's too good, otherwise. And actually, I take that back. It's probably well, no, because it's an item. That's like, why. Is it really it, that and, good, though? An item being able to search any two items is really, really good. It would be more balanced if that was a supporter, because then it's more like an Arvin level. But being able to play oh, this along with yeah. two other items is really, really good. True. No, you're right. It is so a, it balanced it out. Is they an have item. to end the turn. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would be better as a supporter. Like, yeah, it'd be better as a supporter. Yeah, it's just not good. Actually, it would be better than Arvin if it was a supporter card. Yes, 100%. I would, I would totally run it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about hand clippers. Um, it is an item. Both players discard cards in their hand until they both have five cards. Your opponent discards first. The The reason I bring this up is because of decks like uh, Lost Tina, Lost Box, Snorlax, Gardevoir where they have decks of, you know, I say decks, <laughs> decks of 30 cards in their hand, um, they can just get really, really big hand sizes. And so That's hand okay. clippers can, can uh, it, it makes your opponent discard the cards, which is different than something like an Iono or Judge that shuffles them back in. And that could be really relevant in some of those matchups. It could be, but I know a lot of decks love to pull from their discard pile as well. So I don't You're know, right. I I can see it being a good thing and being a bad thing. Because, like, Gardevoir, I mean, does it really hurt Gardevoir if you have them yeah, no, eliminate I would, their whole hand? No, I'd I wouldn't want to use that against Gardevoir. I, I would be more scared that they're throwing away cards and more than they're... And, like, Chi and Powder, another one that... Do you really want them discarding stuff? Because with superior energy, if they're discarding energy cards, they're just going to pull it right back out. And Yeah, no, I'm... Yeah, I think Snorlax is, is the, best, uh, the best thing to use this against. Yes. Which is funny because when I first saw this, my first thought was, oh, Snorlax has a good way to eliminate your opponent's hand without just shuffling back in and prolonging the game. But then my immediate, th immediate thought after that was, oh, this really hurts Snorlax. Yes, it does. 
Yes, it does. And then, like the Eerie that we just talked about earlier, look at your opponent's hand, choose two item cards you find there, and discard them. So it's possible you play this against Snorlax, they discard their 20 cards, and now they're down to five. Then you play Eerie, and now they're down to three. Yeah. Which could really, really hurt Snorlax. So, yeah. I can see that card seeing play. I do like that card. I can, because I'm thinking about it myself, and I'm like, well, no, I wouldn't use it against Guardian. I wouldn't use it against, like, Chi and Powell, but there's other decks that they love their hand. You start discarding from that hand, it's over. The fact that Hand Clippers is an item is really good. Like, I, I expected that to be on a supporter, and it would be unplayable if it was on a supporter, but with, with it being on an item, it's... I think it could be good. I agree. And then they also had some uh, special illustration rares, which I think look really nice. The uh, the ancient Entei, the Suicune, and the Raikou, I think they look really cool. Um, a lot of these secret rares look really cool. So I am I'm excited for this set. I this this release did what it was supposed to. It made me excited for this set, and I'm excited for rotation to see what the new meta brings. I'm excited for the rotation to see what the new meta brings. And I'm excited that Path to the Peak will no longer be viable or used or legal. I can't wait until that card goes away. And then wait until tomorrow and they show that they're going to reprint it. (laughs) (laughs) True. True. All right. Then I will be heartbroken. Well, that covers our discussion today. Portland Regional Pokemon Trivia and some of the new cards. We will be back next week. Um, don't really know what we have on the docket next week, but that will close us out for episode 12 of the King's Rock podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Have a good evening, and we will be back next week.